0: and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I have one of my best friends on the episode today. You guys have heard from her before, but I'm going to have her reintroduce herself now.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Ashley
0: from Spectacular Days, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Ashley was on the podcast back in August. Ashley, can you give them like the shortest elevator speech of why you came on the podcast in August and why we're talking again today?
1: Yes, So back in August, I switched roles um, in the special education field to something I have never done before. So we are back to hear how
0: it's going and talk about my transition. So when I first met Ashley, probably seven years ago, she was teaching in a middle school setting and we call it a self-contained setting in our County. It was students with some more complex disabilities. She took some time off when she had kids. When she went back, she started working in a general education classroom as a resource teacher. Then she took another big shift last year and moved to a preschool setting. So Ashley, now that you've had a ton of experience with all different types of ages, types of disabilities, what do you feel is the biggest difference in your preschool setting versus the general ed setting and then versus that middle school setting? Like how is it different from the other jobs you've had? So
1: good question. Number one. (laughs) And so pre-K is like a fun tornado. It is hit the ground running. The kids walk in the door. There is no time to look at your phone. There is no time to, you know, casually text a friend or, um, you know check your email super quick because it, there are a lot of kids and there's a lot of energy and they need your constant supervision so that's the biggest thing because these kids are here obviously to learn skills and you need to be there at all times just to make sure you don't need to intervene with any sort of physical behavior and things like that um that's one of the biggest things uh, preschool. But then to compare it to elementary, like elementary is more slow paced in the sense of I would do more co-teaching. It was all academic based, whereas pre-K is all play based. So that is the difference when it comes to looking at pre-K versus middle school, um, a lot of the same things where my middle schoolers had some of those foundational skills where they could sit in a chair. Now, not all, but most they could maintain to a task for at least a minute or two if you needed to like grab a sip of water or do other things. But pre-K is go, 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 go the whole time. Um, there's no time to, you know, change, like blink and that kind of fun. But it's fun. Um Bonus of all this is I get an actual planning because my kids are only here for a short duration. Um, They're not here all day. I get an actual scheduled planning, which is nice. But that planning, as you know, gets taken up with meetings and all kinds of other things I have to do. So that's like the bonus of it all um, that I actually get like a scheduled planning in special ed, which is like unheard of.
0: (laughs) Completely unheard of. Now, when we talked in August, you were kind of going into this unknown because you didn't even know what the day in preschool looked like, how to prepare. Now that you've done the job for six months, is there anything that you feel like you could have done it back in the summer that would have gotten you ready for this new role? Or do you feel like you really just had to wait and get in there to start preparing?
1: Yes, I wish I would have gone to observe what an ECSC classroom looks like. Like they tell you it's play-based and like I had seen it because it's been at my current school for a while, but every teacher runs things differently, but it would have been nice to see like a structured um, day from start to finish and what that looks like and the expectations of me as a teacher learning this new curriculum that they have. Um, that would have been helpful. In the beginning of the school year, I will say, I think I did too much with my students I was like expecting too much and I had to really tailor that back and say like whoa we can't be doing all these cutesy crafts and things like the kids just need to be immersed with art supplies or they need to be immersed in how to play it's not going to always be like a lesson plan format where it's like step one step two step three it's a lot of go with the flow flexibility and that was something that took me a while to learn um to back up and like maintain that type of thing.
0: I think you make a good point there because I think that's where I would struggle in the type of setting is I'm so rigid. And when I would go into the classroom, I was very like, you know, you know, from teaching in that middle school setting, there's a lot of things going on and you have to like be very exact. And I feel like I would have a really hard time kind of like letting go of that in this environment. So for people who are nodding their heads at that right now, can you just give us like a quick snapshot of like, what does it look like to be in a pre-K setting? Like, what do you do all day? You mentioned that you don't necessarily do traditional lesson plans. How do you prepare? Do you have to do grades? Things like that, that teachers in a through K-12 classroom might be curious about.
1: Yes. So the morning starts off with car riders and bus riders, and we come in and we work work on them following simple step directions with visual schedules, like unpacking their backpack. And depending on the student, they might do one or two steps, maybe three or four. And then we have what they call table toys, where there's like puzzles or blocks or something, trucks where something that's not part of our theme of every month, and they play with that for 15, 20 minutes. We also do gross motor from there, where we do songs and dancing to get kids to work on mimicking actions and working on um, copying certain uh, gestural movements, um, and also just to work on their get the wiggles out before the day starts. Every month, my co teacher and I work on a theme. Right now, we're doing a vet clinic, so that's where our dramatic play and our blocks unit, even some of our art centers, come from. So we've been, you know. We did Pete the Cat as our story. So we've been coloring Pete the Cat. We've been coloring shoes for the White Shoes book. We, in the vet clinic, we've been practicing with students on being gentle when you're brushing the dog and, you know, feeding the dog and getting water for the dog or washing the dog and drying the dog and working on that. Conversational skills with the kids, like I'll call and say, my doggy is sick. Can you give him medicine? And that's where a lot of the play base is. When you hear play base, there are no grades. There are no academics. And academics... Like we don't sit down and do worksheets, um, maybe like a preschool you would see in a daycare setting. Um, we work, we can count blocks as we're stacking them. We can count the puppies as we're washing them. And that's how we work on the academics. And in circle time, we'll incorporate singing with counting and days of the week or weather and things like that. But honestly, the whole point of it is to play base and teach kids how to interact with other kids so that when they do go into the kindergarten into kindergarten, into possibly a general ed classroom, they're able to socially work with kids. And then the academics fall later in that sense. Um, But to tell you kind of things we do, we pick up theme every month. We we go through that, but art is tailored by that. We use a story every two weeks, a different story setting. Um, We rotate toys based upon um, the theme that we're using. And I'm trying to look at eye centers right now too. Dramatic play is usually changed out. Like there's no food in dramatic play right now because it's a vet clinic. So we really try hard to tailor all that. Our books, like our literacy center has a lot of books on animals right now. And when we did farm, we had books on farm animals. When we had family, we did books on family. So we try really hard to tailor it. And my co-teacher and I have really worked on immersing them all throughout that because that did take time for her and I to learn. Because we both came from like self-contained settings and it's just a different environment. It's a different approach to how you teach.
0: And what I think is really cool about that lesson that you just described is how many of your kids have a dog or a cat in the home. And so touching the dog gently is not just a skill that you're teaching in school, but that's like a life skill. And I think that's where a lot of people don't necessarily realize that you're not just throwing toys on the floor and telling them, have a good time, you're kind of immersing them in these skills that they need to interact with their environment around them. And I think that was a really good example. And Ashley also has shared a bunch of pictures. So I'll link that below. But if you're just trying to like visualize this, I had to see her like, show me a picture. And then I was like, oh, I can totally see how all of this works. So I know we both were kind of like, what is this job back in August when we talked? So now that you've done it for a while, what is your favorite part of being in the setting?
1: I think through SPED, a lot of it is similar, but honestly seeing my kids progress, like thinking back, I like, literally am doing progress reports today and thinking back and reading their like November progress report and going, oh my gosh, the student wasn't even verbalizing, open, want more, and now they're signing it and using the AAC device and sometimes like trying to make the sound. In just a short amount of time, their progression has grown. Little things that you think about, like from the beginning of the year, like I have students that literally get off the bus, come in and take off their coat and hang up their jacket without me having to ask. And it's just so nice. Um, We have kids that are potty training. So that's really nice to see all of these skills just come to life. And they're doing so much more. Like walking in the hallway is not like a disaster anymore, to put it nicely. Like (laughs) they walk. In the hall, there's like, we have um, paw prints on our floor and they walk on the paw prints. And so many teachers have commented, like, your class walks better than my class. <laughs> they're pre-K. My kids are second graders. So it's been really nice to see that. Um, and lots of teachers have commented, like, your structure is great. And these kids have made huge progress. So I really think parents also are very involved right now, which is nice because that's not always the case in our field. Um but they are, they want to help. They want to do things at home. So they're always asking me, what can I do at home? What can I do here? And I'm always like trying to share videos and tips. So that's really nice. It's like very heartwarming to see the parents really want to help.
0: And on the flip side, what is the hardest part of the job of being in this particular setting?
1: that the fact that there's like no downtime, like, and I don't mean it, like it's just two minutes to breathe. There isn't that. If you try to breathe in the sense of like, it's go, 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 go. um, Something's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, always like feeling like you're on your toes and I'm always counting. How many kids do I have? Okay. No, one's doing something. i are not supposed to be so that like ability to relax is not there. And maybe it'll come as like, the, cause I literally just got an influx of kids. So I feel like I'm almost starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, in preschool, you get kids throughout the year if your caseload's not full. So this month, I really feel like I started with five new students, which is almost half my caseload. And I feel like I'm reteaching. So maybe in February, it will change and kids will learn the, the structure more and things will kind of settle down a little bit. Because it was settled a little bit in October or November when my kids had a routine. We did some playing and things like that. But now I feel like it's back in August again to teach the new friends how to do the things.
0: So one of my favorite things to do to Ashley is throw her a question that she wasn't prepared for. So this is your question. Ashley has three children and two of them are in the preschool age range. How do you feel having children that are in the similar age range prepared you for the job or is it totally different since your children are typically developing and they're in that more traditional preschool that you're talking about that might have worksheets or you know, structured time that you doesn't apply in your setting?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah, so my kids still have trouble sharing. Just like no one likes to share. Let me be real. Let me go on a No one likes to share some <laughs> years old. And if you asked me to share my York peppermint patty with you, I'd be like, I mean, I guess if I'm going to be a nice person today, but no one likes to share. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that is kind of hard. Um, I will say because I have AM preschool, it's been nice because I get like a a little bit of a chunk at the end of the day to kind of like reprieve and like take time to breathe a little bit. But some days it is harder to go home and be like, Oh my gosh, I dealt with this all day. I don't want to deal with this again. But I have to remember my kids aren't going to be this little forever. So I'm trying to go with the mindset of embrace it. Bonuses when my kids are done with toys, I just bring them to school. Now I don't have to like put them on Facebook to get rid of them. It's been really nice to bring toys in, but then my kids come and play in my classroom and they're like, Hey, that's my toy. And I'm like, Oh, well, no, it's <laughs>
0: yeah that was one thing that we talked about and I was like oh my gosh your whole life is going to be preschool she does have an older son but she's got twins that are that age I'm like "Ooh." (laughs) some days are harder I mean I'm blessed that my twins are potty trained so
1: that was one thing I was that took a little time of adjusting is like changing diapers again and that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. because I don't believe it should just be on my TA I believe that it should be a 50 50 split type of thing. Like it doesn't matter. We both are sitting and doing certain things. Um, like, yes, I know my responsibility as a teacher, I have certain things that I have to do because that's my role, but for her, like certain things should not just be on her or just on me in that kind of sense. Like we really talked about that in the beginning of the year. Like I don't expect her to do what they consider like the dirty work type of thing, because that's absolutely, not
0: me. that was a huge thing for me when I was a teacher. And still now I would never ask my TA to do something that I wouldn't do. And I think that goes a long way in building that working relationship because you are in a tough setting. And, you know, if the adults are not a cohesive team, that's only going to make the day harder. So I think kind of laying that out and having that plan together helps everything run as smoothly as it can. Yes. Like some days are better than
1: others, guys, but don't be afraid to change the role. It's been fun for sure. And learning a different area has been exciting for me, but also it's been a challenge, but a good challenge. Like I need a challenge in my life sometimes. And this has been a really good way to get out of my comfort zone, which is something I don't like to do. So if people have questions, like reach out to me and reach out to Nicole, cause she did it too. Like you changed positions and changed your life too. So you have just as good of a story to share with others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that was a big thing that I was trying to help Ashley. Cause when I left teaching, I taught grades three to five, and then I started working with preschool students, but I work with them one-on-one. So it is really different than her setting. But I have definitely seen my skill set evolve moving outside of that. Because if you asked me five years ago, I would never work with a child that was not between the ages of seven and 10. I just wasn't going to do it. And you can get kind of stuck in a rut if you are so narrow with what you're working with. So the fact that I went and worked with a two-year-old, and now I work with a 13-year-old has really just helped expand my skill set as a provider. So I think what Ashley did, although really nerve-wracking, just makes her a better teacher in the end. Thanks. Is there anything else that you want to share with people about your new job or just anything at all? No, I feel like we covered a lot of it, but like I said, if they have any specific questions about like changing
1: dramatic play or how I come up with themes, feel free to send me a message. through like my email or whatever. I know Nicole is going to link it all in the show notes. So you can find me easily or just message Nicole. She'll tell you how to get to me. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I'll link the first episode in the show notes as well, in case you missed that one. Thanks. Nicole. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.